0: Good morning, and a very warm welcome to you all to our 10.30 service this morning. A great welcome if you're watching online on this blustery morning, uh, and uh, welcome to you who've, uh, uh, well, I guess come blown through the weather to arrive here this morning. It's great that you've made it. Uh, A special welcome if you're visiting or here for the first time. It's great that you're here. uh, And uh, do hang about after the service to say hello. It'd be great to get to know you a little bit uh, better over coffee. Colin will be uh, preaching to us this morning, final one in our six-sermon series on real change. And he'll be exploring um, how we can persevere uh, in our Christian journey uh, this morning. However, before we start, let's just take a moment uh, to pause, uh, just to uh, stop um, for a moment. Now let's be mindful uh, that we come here this morning to devote our hearts, our minds and our lives, all of ourselves uh, to God. So let's just take a moment now in the silence to allow the distractions uh, of today uh, just uh, to be put to one side. And as we do that, let me pray for us. Father, we pray that as we journey through the service this morning, that our hearts would again be captivated by you as we dwell on what you have done for us in and through Christ Jesus. Help us to rejoice in you as we sing praises to you. Pray, listen to your word as it is read and preached. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit and minister to our hearts, we pray. Amen. Uh, In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17... Uh, The Lord says this, the Lord, your God, is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Speaking uh, through the prophet, God tells us that God is indeed the one who saves. And he did that. He saved and rescued us from sin and from death in and through Christ Jesus. His life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And there's a gift of eternal life which is offered to each one of us. It's offered to all. And all we need to do is accept it. And because of God's love revealed through Christ, those who trust in him are indeed saved. And as we respond to that offer, as we accept it, our acceptance is something, it's amazing, isn't it, that causes God to delight over us. He delights as he sings loudly over us. So as heaven rejoices over us, let us now join in and rejoice with heaven. Let's respond to God by singing his praises. Uh, So can I invite the young people to make their way uh, out to their groups? Uh, And as they go, uh, let us pray for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the young people in our midst. Uh, we pray that in their small groups that they would know more of your love for them, know you as their heavenly Father who found them when they were lost and who rejoices in them as they come to him. Bless the leaders as they teach our young people. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time now for, uh, for our prayers. I am going to invite Cathy uh, to come up and lead us uh, in our prayers.
1: Heavenly Father, we come to you as the only true and living God, a God full of wisdom, power, and authority, a God of compassion and love, who delights in meeting the needs of those who trust you. We honor you as the Lord who has made a way for us to come into your presence through the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. We marvel at your mercy and grace that has given us the privilege of being called your children when we come to you through our Savior. You are indeed the only one who can meet our deepest needs and desires. Bless us as we come to you now with our thanks and requests. Thank you, Lord, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, holding the hearts of rulers in your hands and directing the paths of leaders. Thank you that so many of our world's leaders are meeting together at COP26 to address climate change. Please grant wisdom, unity, creativity, and action as these leaders discuss the needs of our planet. Thank you, Lord, for the Malangatane Water Project. Thank you for your provision of the well and for the privilege of being part of this work. May this well be a constant reminder of your gifts and of Jesus' invitation to come to him, the living water. Thank you for taking the Mangas safely home to Senegal bless them as they settle, and use them to be a blessing in that community. Thank you for the opportunity to take part in Operation Christmas Child. Please use the gifts that are collected to bless the children most in need and give those children and their communities open eyes to recognize your love for them. Thank you for the work party and all that they accomplished yesterday. Thank you for giving them the desire to use their skills in this way. Thank you for giving us this building that allows us to hold events like the time to sing on Tuesday morning. Bless Helen as she leads. May it be a time of joy and encouragement to all who are there. Thank you for the contact remembrance service on Wednesday. Please give Saab your words for those who attend and give them ears to hear your message of love and hope. Thank you for the opportunity to support the village through providing a place for the Save Our Surgery meeting on Thursday evening. Please give wisdom and unity so that it may be a respectful and productive meeting. May those who attend sense your presence here. Thank you that the Lighten Up Party has been able to be rescheduled for Friday evening. May it be fun and safe, but above all, may your name be honored. Thank you that our women are able to meet together next Saturday morning. Please enable us to be a blessing to each other in this time of fellowship. Heavenly Father, we recognize that whatever precautions we take, it is your hand that protects us from COVID. Please grant safety for our children and our community during these and other events. Father, you know that our elders are planning a retreat on Friday and Saturday. Please guide them as they seek to guide us according to your word. Give them wisdom and unity as they address both challenges and opportunities facing our fellowship. Give them compassion and love for your people so that they are inspired to lead with sensitivity and joy. We also ask for your blessing on the guest service next Sunday evening. Please direct us to those whom you have chosen to be there and give us courage to invite them. Bless the preparation of the service and especially the message so that your offer of grace is clear and compelling. Please use this event to save many. Father God, you know that in our fellowship we have many other needs. Please bring to mind now those who need our prayers, especially those who are facing ill, facing medical treatments or are ill. Especially we think of Pippa and Lila at this time. Please give them confidence in your care. For those who are grieving, please sustain their faith and hope in you those who feel isolated because of age or physical or mental health concerns, may they know your nearness. For those who need homes, jobs, or other practical things, please provide all they need for their good and your glory. And for those who need to be saved, please open their eyes to their need for you. And please, Lord, when there are ways that we can address any of these needs, give us open eyes and hearts to reach out in whatever way you choose to use us, for we recognize that you have given us each other as well as yourself. As we turn now to your word, please bless Thelma as she reads to us. Give her clarity, understanding, and delight in your word. Please fill Colin with your spirit as he expounds this passage to us, that he would preach your truth with boldness and joy. Please give us hearts to love your word and ears to hear and obey. Thank you that we can bring these requests to you through the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.
2: Our reading is from Paul's letter to the Philippian Church, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you.
3: Thank you, Thelma. Let's join our hearts in prayer together. Let's let's pray. Father God, we do pray that you would uh, speak to us this morning through your word, that we would be changed, transformed as we see the glory and beauty of Christ, that your spirit would convict us of sin and draw us to yourself, that we would love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. When life gets hard... How do you respond? Like when your kids won't stop fighting and you've had not a wink of sleep all night. When you've got a really important piece of homework due at school tomorrow and you don't even know where to start. When you've just finished a video call at work, a video conference call, and the meeting did not go well. When you feel desperately lonely at times. When you're struggling in your marriage because your partner is irritating you with their habits and their lack of communication. How do you respond to that? Because life can be hard sometimes, can't it? As we've been going through this series on real change, we've been asking the question, how does God change us? Well, he, he changes us as we respond to the pressure in our lives. He uses the pressure in our lives to transform us. As the Apostle Paul says in Philippians in chapter 1 verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Because we go through various trials in life, and we want to live God-honoring lives. And yet whilst we know that as Christians, it can be immensely hard. It can be immensely hard to live that out and to just keep going. And so how do we persevere in being changed in the Christian life? How do we keep going when things are hard? Well, to recap what we've seen so far, We've seen that our heavenly father is changing us. He's changing us into the image of his son. And he's using our circumstances to do that. Our heat as a vehicle to change us. But but we often respond from our complex and sinful hearts with bad fruit. That is our thorns. As we saw the gospel of grace, it changes our hearts. It changes how we respond as we respond in repentance and faith at the cross. And then lastly, we saw last week that Christ produces fruit in, his, in our lives as his spirit works in us. And so as we conclude the series today on 6 of 6, we are thinking of persevering. Persevering in a life A life of real change. And so we'll firstly summarize what we've covered so far in this series as we ask the question, well, what is real change? And then we'll ask, how do we persevere in real change? And then we'll close with, why do we persevere in change? So what, how, and why? So what is real change? Well, firstly, we have the heat In our lives. These can be challenges in our lives, like having problems with your health, challenges at work, challenges in your marriage, with people at home, or in any other context. The pressure that's on you. Fundamentally, our heat are situations that put us under pressure. And then we have our thorns. These are the sinful ways in which we respond to the heat in our lives. It could be anything like losing our temper with our children or perhaps even escapism. Escapism through food, through drinking too much coffee, through pornography, through anxiety as we are flooded with anxiety perhaps as a big meeting comes up or a pressure situation arrives in our life. Our thorns are produced from our sinful hearts producing bad fruit in our own lives and then negatively impacting everyone else around us. And so we see the bad fruit produced in our lives by the thorns in our hearts. And as we see that, then we go to the cross. As the Spirit of God works in our hearts, we turn from our sinful responses and turn to Jesus, receiving his forgiveness and love afresh. Change happens in our life through repentance and faith. It is through that process that we change as we ask God to transform us by the power of his spirit working in us. And as he does so, God then produces good fruit in us. As we turn to Jesus each day in prayer and through his word, our hearts are changed as the bad fruit is replaced with the fruit of the spirit. Now we grow in the knowledge and the love of what Jesus has done for us and apply it to our hearts as we walk with the Lord in our everyday lives. And yet this is a continual process. It's a continual process as we continue to apply the gospel to our hearts. And as we do so, as we do that on a daily basis, then we will grow more like Jesus. We will become more Christ-like. Because as we think about what real change is, we also have to reflect on what real change should look like. Well, real change means bearing fruit. It means that change should happen in our lives; that fruit should appear; uh, that we are in some way changed. Without that, then there is no change in our life. But secondly, it is a journey. It's a journey over a lifetime. Like fruit, as you see fruit growing on a tree, it doesn't grow immediately in front of you. But it grows over a process of time. And therefore we need to be patient in that process. Patient in the process of growth. Thirdly, we'll be fully changed one day. That Jesus will make us completely Changed that we will be fully like him as we see him face to face, that we will still have sin in our lives, that we will still produce thorns in our lives at the moment, but as we look to him, we look to the hope of heaven, we will be fully changed in his presence. and lastly, real change is always possible. as God saved us by his grace, He will preserve us by his grace to the very end, that He will keep us to the end. So we can be patient and confident that God is changing us as the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are being transformed. And as we ponder on all that Christ has done for us then we can rejoice in the fact that slowly but very surely we are being changed. That we are being made new. As we mentioned, the process of change can be difficult at times. It does make us ask the question, well, how? How do we persevere in a life of change? One of the key verses highlighted in the Real Change program in the series it's from Philippians 1.6. It speaks of what God has done and what he will do in us. It's saying, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul thanks the Philippians. He thanks them because of the confidence that he had of what God did in their lives. He began a good work and he will bring it to fulfillment. As God transforms us by by doing a good work in us. And the good work is the good news of the Lord Jesus. The good news of the gospel. As Christ has paid for our sins. For all those who believe in him. He bears our sin on the cross. And gives us his righteousness. And takes our sin. He assures us of our salvation. As he seals us by his spirit. And adopts us as his beloved children. Therefore we worship him as the power of the gospel brings us from a place of eternal death to eternal life. From despair to eternal delight. The gospel is our motivation to live transformed lives for jesus as we see what he has done for us we respond in adoration and worship we praise god we praise god for the wonderful truth that we have been saved by his grace not by anything we have done but by his grace and he would preserve us to the end this is a certain promise As Paul is confident that the good work that God began in our lives will be fully completed on the very last day when we stand before the Lord. Such is the reassurance we have as his children. It means today that at times we we might feel like we're failing. We might feel like we're failing in areas of our lives that we really want to change but there is the reassurance that God will keep us. He will keep us to the very end and make us pure and holy in his sight. Therefore, we do not need to despair when we struggle to see change in our lives, but hold fast to Jesus as he holds on to us. That's when it comes to change. we, We can't change in ourselves. We can't just work it out, white knuckle it in our own moral strength. That won't work. It might work for a period of time. Our behavior might change, but our hearts won't change. And that is what God wants. He wants your heart. It is at heart level that God changes us. Not in a behavioral level, but the depth of our hearts. That we would have affections for him. And he does so through his word and by the power of his spirit. As you see that throughout, especially the New Testament, that is how God works in our lives. Three examples of that. One is from First Thessalonians. It says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God which indeed is at work in you who believe it's God's word that is actively at work in our lives to change us. And then, as it says in Second Thessalonians, that we are sanctified or made holy by God, by the power of the Spirit, and the truth of God's word working in us. As, as the Apostle Paul says in 2, 2 Thessalonians, but we are always to thank God for you brothers and sisters loved by the Lord because God chose you as first fruits to be saved Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and belief in the truth. Word and Spirit. And then in 1 Peter we see the work of the Spirit again leading us to obey Jesus who is the Word made flesh. The Word incarnate. As Peter speaks of God's people who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. It's true to say that, that God changes us. It's Him that changes us by His Spirit and through His Word. Yet it's also true that we apply the Word to our hearts in prayer. And as we do that, then we will see change in our lives it doesn't happen overnight but it is a process as we're called to participate participate in the change process as it says in philippians in chapter 2 therefore my dear brothers as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose this is really the mystery. It's the mystery of spiritual formation. That as God is the one who works in us, he uses means to do so. He uses us as we seek to apply his word to our hearts. It means, therefore, that we're not to sit on the bench when it comes to that change, but we're to be active in how we change. We're to be involved in that. And that might mean just building good spiritual habits, good spiritual disciplines in our life. The daily uh, Bible reading, prayer, meditation on the words. It's trying to memorize scripture, serving one another and building one another up in love. Those are ways in which we grow and mature as Christians. And that's exactly what Paul says in Ephesians 4. As he tells us not to tear one another uh, down with our words, Not as individuals, but together. He describes the church as a body, the body of Christ. As we're joined together, we're building building one another up together as a body is built together to function well. We build one another up in truth and in love. And as we do that, he will say, we will become, in every respect, mature. That every part of our lives will be transformed by the power of the gospel, as we see, uh, seek to live, change lives for the glory of God. In many ways, that is the purpose of our home groups: that they would be that vehicle. That as we meet together, that we would seek to build one another up in prayer, in words, in service. That we would seek to love one another. That we would become mature and built up into Christ together as His people. But it is a lifelong journey. It's a process. A process which takes time for fruit to grow as it's a spiritual reality and not a material one. Recently, I was speaking to some some pastor friends and just asking them what they do on their time off. And quite a lot of them, you find, make things. I'm not gifted enough to make this. (laughs) I would love to be able to make something like that. I generally just lift things. Um, but people who are gifted can make these things because using your hands to make something is quite a satisfying thing it's satisfying because at the very end you can stare at your finished work and say look what I've done because the challenge of spiritual work is that it's often an unseen work it's an invisible work Often it can be a challenging thing as it's not a material reality and it's never complete like a making of a chair. It's an ongoing spiritual reality that's always under construction. That is why it's important to, to take time out, to take time out to reflect and give thanks to God for what he has done in your life. None of us are the finished article. None of us are perfect and without sin. And so we have to give thanks. We have to take that time to pause and reflect and celebrate what God has done in our lives as he is forming us and shaping us into the image of Jesus. And we can do that, can't we? We can look back and give thanks for what God has done in our lives as he has changed us. In that way we don't despair and we can see change. We can see how God has been at work in our lives. Because God is at work in your life. He is at work in your life. And we just need to stop, reflect, and see it. So we'll, we've seen how we, we can persevere and change. And now lastly, we'll see and consider why we persevere and change. So we've seen what real change is. We've seen how we persevere. And lastly, why Why do we persevere in change? As we look back at Philippians, we see that Paul is so encouraged by the Philippian believers, and so he prays for them. He prays for them, saying, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. In the same way, really, that should be our prayer. It should be our prayer for one another as a church family. That we would grow in love for one another, that we would grow in love with Jesus together. And that as we see Jesus on the last day, that we will be filled to the brim with the fruit of of righteousness, That is the fruit of, of the Spirit to the praise and glory of God. We want to be bursting with the love of God as we pray for one another and encourage one another as we look forward to the hope and joy of the full transformation that will take place when we meet Jesus face to face. As we do this because of who we are today and what we will be one day. As the Apostle John calls his listeners to look and see. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God, and what we, have, what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him. Purify themselves just as he is pure. The Apostle John says see. See that we are God's children. That God is our heavenly father. And he cherishes us. He, as he lavishes his love upon us in Christ. As his beloved children. Therefore out of the love of God. The love for our heavenly father. We want to live, live pure lives that please him. Live changed lives that please him. We want to be continually therefore confessing our sins. Putting them off repenting of them, turning away from them, that we would put on the goodness, the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus for who we are in him as his children. And we do this with a certain hope, the hope that when Christ appears on the last day, we shall be like him as we see him as he is. Now what a day that will be when we see Jesus face face. As we behold Jesus, the more we'll be like him, and the more we will act out of hearts which are changed. Because the more we love something, the more we'll live for that thing. Recently, with Cal, we were going through a book called What's Best Next?, And the author said many different things, but one of those that that struck me was that he said we should take steps in our lives for fundamental reasons rather than instrumental reasons. Instrumental reasons are choosing to do something even though you won't enjoy the process. It's so that you can get something better at the end of that process. He says that very rarely works because your heart is never in it. Instead he says if you choose to do something for fundamental reasons, that is doing something because you love it in itself, then you will flourish and delight in that thing. As our hearts are set upon it because we do what we most enjoy. We do what we most enjoy. And that is true of not just doing tasks, but true also of how we walk as Christians, how we change as Christians. Because if we delight in what Jesus has done for us, in paying for our sins in full, and pouring his love out into our hearts by the Spirit, then we will delight in being in his presence, in prayer, and in his word, and with one another. As A.W. Tozer says, the great secret of the Christian life is to begin experiencing God as he desires me to experience him. God's greatest delight is to bring me into his presence. God's greatest delight is to bring me into his presence. As we delight in God, then we will have a heart which is transformed by him. As we'll be able to see we'll be able to say along with the psalmist this fairly well known Psalm, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart, because your heart will be transformed, and you will love the things that He loves, as you live for the glory of God because of what He has done. You delight in all that Jesus has done for you, as He has poured out His love into your heart cleanse you of all your sin, that all you need to do is come into his presence and worship him. That will change our lives as we behold Jesus. Let's pray together as we think of applying these things to our hearts. Father God, we thank you for your amazing grace in our lives. We thank you that you are the Lord of all, the King of all creation, the King of the universe, and yet that you have stooped down into the filth of our sin and paid for our sin in full to bring us into your presence that we would worship you with all of our hearts. Lord, we pray that you would be working in our lives, being transformed more into the image of Jesus through your word and by your spirit. We pray that you would help us to encourage one another to change to mature in Jesus, to love you more than anything else, to let go of everything in this world and cling on to you. We pray that you would help us, Lord, to have affections for you, to have delight in your presence. We pray that you would help us in Jesus' name. Amen. As you think of perhaps four questions um, four questions maybe for today reflect on or maybe even through the week as we've concluded the the series on real change maybe just four questions to meditate on to reflect on uh, for the rest of the week as you think about these things how is God using the heat in my life right now to shape me not why is this happening to me but how is God using the heat in my life right now to shape me secondly what What am I learning about myself through the process of real change? What am I learning? What is God teaching me? What am I learning about the Lord? What am I learning about God in that process? And how are my affections for Jesus growing as a result?
0: So as we go out, just some words of encouragement uh, from Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 6, where Paul writes this. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen.